Hi everyone and welcome to our next uh, creator chat. My name is Gabby and today I'm excited uh, to welcome a creator who has uh, developed a series which is out of this world. Um, it's a wonderful uh, middle grade uh, comic book graphic novel called Action Tank. So thanks for joining us today, Mike Barry. Yay. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, so the world is a bit uh, topsy-turvy at the moment. Um, how have you been handling self-isolation? Have you been working, creating, just relaxing? Um, oh, well, a bit of those, a bit of all of those. Uh, I've got uh, two young boys here at home, so uh, two guys under eight. They're pretty, pretty active, pretty, uh, you know, a lot of energy. <laughs> so uh, they keep my wife and I pretty busy. Um, I've been doing some other work too. Uh, I do some consulting work and stuff, but um, yeah, I guess in in terms of um, around comics, I I finished uh, my last book a little while ago, so I'm sort of I'm in the the process now of planning out the next one. Um, and while I do that, uh, I'm also catching up on reading a lot of uh, graphic novels and comics and stuff that I've wanted to read but just haven't really had time. Um, so, you know, I think there's a good expression like filling the tank, you know, so. Uh, I definitely felt making my last book that um, I, by the time I got to the end, I had emptied the tank. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've been reading a lot of as much interesting stuff as I can really to try and, um, you know, just fire myself up again, get excited about um, what's possible. And um, yeah, filling the tank, I think it's a good expression. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's really good. Um, so have you always enjoyed uh, reading comics as a, as a kid? Were you, were you into the comics or just novels or? Were you reading just anything? Yeah, I was pretty into comics and graphic novels when I was a kid. Um, there weren't that many graphic novels around then, to be honest. This was uh, almost centuries ago, but um, there were a lot of lot of comics that um, were available just at local newsagents. Or uh, I remember any time we went, you know, on an aeroplane or on a holiday or something, my parents would buy my brother and I. We could go and pick a comic, and then we would just read it over and over and over again on holidays. <laughs> um, so I've got a lot of good associations with comics. Um, and, you know, I guess when I was younger as well, I just loved all the superhero stuff. I loved all the, um, particularly Marvel comics. Um, you know, the way uh, it seemed like a lot of the stories weren't just, there was a bit of subtext in a lot of the stories, I think. Like in X-Men, you know, there's a lot of um, stuff about um, treatment of minorities or people who are different. Um, and even in stuff like the Avengers and that, uh, you know, there's a lot of interrelational stuff between the characters that I think, um, you know, is kind of between the lines a bit. So, uh, I don't know. I felt, I felt a bit, um, as a kid, I felt like I was being, uh, having my intelligence respected. Like, um, it's not all spelled out here for you, but there's stuff you can work out if you really want to read these things over and over, which I definitely did. So, um, yeah, I just, I loved comics. I loved Asterix and Tintin, um, had all of those. Uh, but I think it was, yeah, it was Marvel comics that really got me going. And then as I, as I became a teenager, um, Image Comics launched and um, there was a whole sort of political business landscape around that too, which, um, you know, these big Marvel artists quitting Marvel all at once and starting a new company so they could... Um, tell their own stories and take ownership of their stories. So uh, I found a lot of that really interesting too. Um, but, you know, there was not really an internet back then. So uh, what I knew about that was mainly through 
what I could scrounge from, you know, comic magazines and my cousin who seemed to know everything, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just sort of got into the idea of the industry a little bit as well when I was a kid. Oh, fun. Yeah, that's, I love working in a junior school. Like uh, Tintin and Asterix are still, to this day, one of our, like, just most loved uh, comics. Um, that's great. And, yeah, the girls just love them. So it's good to see that they really have long longevity in a way. Um, they've hung around and people still love them. Um, so yeah. reading... Sorry, reading, I was just going to say, oh. when I was in high school, I, uh, I did a couple of years of Latin. I'm not sure why, but I... <laughs> a couple of years of Latin. And so now that I'm um, reading uh, all the Asterix books to my kids again, like there's all these Latin jokes in there, which I guess I didn't get the first time. And so I'm really appreciating them more the second on the second read. Yeah, sometimes I I flick through them at, at at work and like I'm laughing as well, and the girls are like, "What? Like, can you find it funny also?" And I'm like, "Yes, yeah, that it's it's a it's a book for all. Everyone can access it. <laughs> it's not just yeah. for you." So <laughs> it always makes me laugh. Um, so reading comic books all your life. Was there a main inspiration behind creating uh, Action Tank? Um, well, I've got bookshelves worth of comics and, you know, trade paperbacks and graphic novels uh, here at the house. Um, and my kids both, you know, we read a lot of stories to my kids, particularly at bedtime. Um, and after a while, they started coming out and looking at the shelf and saying, oh, look at that one. Can we read that one? And so you know, I'd take it down and I'd sort of start flicking it and I'd go, oh, actually, <laughs> this probably isn't really appropriate for you. And then, you know, even the ones that, may, like, uh, even the ones that maybe were more thematically appropriate, um, I found it a bit hard to read it to the kids or with the kids or, you know, there's just, sometimes you open the first page of a comic and it's just word balloons everywhere, you know, and it's a bit overwhelming. Um, so they had a desire to read comics and I've always wanted to make like I've made web comics and little, I've collaborated on a few little things, but I'd actually wanted to make my own book. And so I sort of saw this opportunity, like they want to read something and I, you know, no one knows the sort of stories they like better than I do because I've read them about a million stories and I can see what they respond to. And also I, I know what I just don't ever want to read again, you know, so Sometimes reading the stories to the kids, you're like, okay, well, this one's a bit painful. I'm going to hide it under the bed. <laughs> so, so I had all this context for like, you know, uh, what kind of book would I make if I was going to make a comic for kids? So uh, that kind of got me going. And then, um, you know, I had a, a few story ideas. And um, initially I sort of based it loosely around, um, around my eldest son. Uh, but it's sort of, I deviated from that fairly quickly because I realised um, if I was writing a story about him, I could never have him make any mistakes or be afraid or because it's sort of, I don't know, that's a bit unfair on him and, you know, uh, yeah, it'd be great for everyone else to read except him. So it's sort of not really the point. So I, I quickly stopped it being about him and it's just kind of inspired a bit by him, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. That, that sounds uh, really cool. Um, and getting inspired and knowing what they like to read really helps with, you know, creating something that is accessible to them and, and that they'll love, hopefully. Um, but they should because it is really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I actually took, I took a lot of inspiration from Dr. Seuss, actually. Like, um, I really liked reading those over and over and I felt like they were really clever, um, great use of language, but also just the way the dialogue and the uh, narration sort of uses the negative space on the page. 
um, you know, I just thought, yeah, there's, there's a lot I could work with here. I don't necessarily have to make a Dr. Seuss-style book, but um, just in terms of how it was put together, that was, a, that was actually quite an inspiration as well, I think. Oh, awesome. Um, and you uh, made this happen with a Kickstarter campaign. Um, how, how was that process? Uh, yeah, well, so I've actually run two Kickstarters now. Uh, the first one was for book one and the second one was just recently for book two. Um, so, you know, I got a career in kind of content and marketing and stuff as well. Um, so I'd always had an interest in running a Kickstarter campaign. I just didn't know what I would run it for. Um, but when I had this book <coughs> and, yeah, suddenly I had a book and I was like, oh, what am I, <laughs> what am I going to do with this, you know, 100-page PDF? You know, I'm going to have to do something. So um, I thought, well, I want to print it. And then I started researching that and I was like, well, if I'm going to pay to print it, it actually makes more economic sense to print a 1,000 copies rather than 100 or 10 or, you know, I might as well. I put a lot of effort in. So I got all the money, uh, I mean, sorry, I got all the budget worked out for printing a 1,000 of these things at really good quality and, you know, how to get a barcode on it and all that stuff. I just, I found it really interesting, all this stuff. So then suddenly I was like, all right, well, I'm going to have to um, raise the money to print this. So, um, and I've always wanted to do a Kickstarter. So then I started planning um, my first Kickstarter, which uh, realistically was about as much work as the book itself, um, just in a much shorter space of time. <laughs> um, but there's plenty of good resources out there, particularly for <coughs> comics creators, if they want to make um, make a go of a Kickstarter campaign. So, yeah, I ran the first one and I was, I was actually very surprised at the response. Um, and I, I guess what's what was exciting about that, you know, Kickstarter is basically like a market test. So you put up something and if, if people actually want it, then they will back it and then it comes to life. If they don't want it, like if they look at it and go, yeah, I don't want it, then, you know, you never make it. So firstly, I guess a successful campaign gave me confidence that I might ha actually have a good product here. Um, but the other thing was that, um, yeah, it sort of gives you really, really direct access to, I guess, that first inner circle of fans. Um, and so... Yeah, fairly quickly, I've got these people who are in, sort of investing in the product, but what I realised was they're really investing in me and my success as well. Um, and so from there, that was sort of my inner circle of fans. I guess it sort of started to grow out from there. Um, but, you know, when it was time to make the second book, um, you know, I, I guess the first book had done a lot more than I thought it would. I just It was sort of a hobby project and then it actually opened up all these opportunities for me and introduced me to the publishing industry which I knew nothing about before that um, but I guess when it came time to do the second book you know I was I guess I'm still interested in doing maybe more traditional publishing at some point um, but I'd, I'd completed the second book I'd worked pretty hard on it and I had a really engaged you know core of fans I guess who had read the first book were just hanging on that last page cliffhanger dying to know what happens so um, yeah, I decided, right, I'm going to go again on Kickstarter and, uh, it was, it was fun, but I have to admit it was a lot, it was a lot harder the second time. Um, my funding goal was bigger and I think there was expectation, uh, from myself, but also from other people. Whereas, um, the first time it just came out of nowhere, no one, no one even knew what it was. I barely expected anything to happen. So it was harder work the second one, but actually just so fulfilling, um, to get, I guess, all these people coming back to get the second book, but also a whole bunch of new people. Um, yeah, so it is a lot of work, but uh, it's pretty cool. It certainly puts the, the control with the creator. 
You know, I think, um, yeah, I'm sort of interested in marketing products as well. So I sort of find it fun doing the creation of the product, but also the, the marketing of it. Yeah. Well, I know myself, I finished the first one and I was like, what is going to happen? Luckily, I didn't have to wait. I already had the second one so I could keep on reading. But now I finished the second one. And I'm like, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> now, now I have, now I'm in that position where I have to wait for it. <laughs> yeah. Aren't we all, we're all waiting to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, this it was is, like. This is, current, this is the current state of book three up here. So. <laughs> that is a very impressive little storyboard. Like the oh yeah, well that's 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 the stuff I've worked out. I mean, I've got um, pages and pages of sketches and diagrams and intellig- unintelligible scrawl, but um, these are the bits that I've managed to nail down so far. So oh, try and squint and try and read, but yeah, I don't. Boom! Yeah, <laughs> you can get yeah. right in there. Spoil it. Yeah, I don't. I need. I normally wear glasses, so you know it's probably going to be nothing to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like developing the storyline, it's not, you know, the story's not set on Earth. Was that challenging in a way? Um, well, I, I guess in some ways the actual story for me in this case is, is quite easy. I, I sort of know what I want to happen. I know the big picture and I know a bunch of fun little bits in the middle that I want to hit. Um, so the overall story, you know, it's fairly straightforward. I think what takes me a lot of time and energy is, um, working out how to then bring that to life. Um, you know, in, in, I guess, chapters and then pages and then panels, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about, uh, how am I going to create momentum for this story? Like what I want is an experience where you read the first page and you actually just have to turn that next page. And then you get to the end of the next one, you just have to turn that again. So I sort of want this sense of momentum, especially, you know, for a kid's book, but I think actually just for any book, that's why they say the term page turner, you know, like you want to build to almost a mini cliffhanger at the end of every page turn so that people just have to turn, you know? And so um, when I put a page together, I'm sort of always thinking from the page turn moment and working my way back. Um, So anyway, I, I probably spend way longer on this than most people, I would guess. Um, but I figure, you know, it takes a lot of energy and effort and time and all sorts of other stuff to actually make one of these books. I just, I don't want to, um, yeah, I don't want to phone it in. I want to do my absolute best with, um, every page, every panel, you know, and sometimes, uh, that's why it takes me like five days to do one page, just sketching it out. You know, um, not always, sometimes I burn through a whole set, a whole section, but, uh, yeah, I think it's all about momentum for me. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, I, I mean, I found that when I, I mean, when I was reading it, it was like, oh, the next thing happened, oh, and then I was, I was excited to to find out what happened, and then it really hooked me, and then so by the time I was nearly halfway, like three quarters of the way finished, I was, I realised, and I was like, oh no, it's nearly over. Yeah. <laughs> and what what could possibly happen in the next, you know, forty pages, and then it's right. you know, it was endless. Um, yeah, well, I think the first book in particular, it's just, you know, you sort of get into it and then it's suddenly over, you know what I mean? Um, it was, in many ways, it was like a proof of concept for me. It was like, can I, because I could have kept going, but I just thought, well, I've gone this far and no one even knows what I'm doing or that I'm doing it or is it going to succeed? Is anyone going to read it? So I just sort of cut it there. But I realised in the end that book one ends up being just a giant ad for book two, really, because, like, you know, you sort of just got into the whole premise and then suddenly... Okay, what's going to happen? 
<laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a nice little um, like starter novella just to get you like into yeah. the world. You're sort of <laughs> invested, and then it ends, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, then it it want it makes you want that second one. Um, yeah. Which for did you, did you find that, um, book two was a bit more like fulfilling in terms of, I guess, length and story development and stuff, or um, I'm yeah. just interested in what. Oh yeah, no. When I when I opened it, I was like, oh, saw that it was, is it two, two hundred and fifty pages? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, it goes. You know, it, it's longer, so that means there's more. There's going to be more worlds, maybe new characters, and that's what I was excited to to read and see what would happen. Yeah. Um, because when I read when I read the first one, it was it was really like. I liked being introduced into the world and just meeting the characters and what could happen. And then, yeah, I was super excited to see that it was, you know, over double the length and had more of this storyline. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, the cliffhanger at the, at the end of book one, I was like, Oh no, like what is, you know, I was so intrigued to, to know. Yeah. <laughs> was that large thing following them? Um <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it was uh, yeah, it really really got me in. Um, and what I what I really liked about the book was the um well, the books it was the humor and the dialogue um between the characters, and I think that's also it makes it um not easier to read, but it it, it sort of hooks you because that dynamic between the characters is is that do you enjoy creating that um relationship between them yeah well thank you for saying that i um yeah it's kind of my favorite part really is uh the dynamics between the characters um and you know particularly between the boy and rex uh that that's sort of to me the heart of the whole series um yeah and i think i could just write them basically talking to each other forever uh but you know i'm, I'm really conscious again of trying to create that momentum and so if I'm going to be doing that in every conversation between the characters, it kind of needs to be doing um, like more than one thing, you know? So it, it, it needs to be about their, how they relate to one another, but it also needs to be showing maybe the differences between them as they react to the same situation differently. Um, and then it probably also needs to advance the plot uh, fairly quickly as well. Um, and then I suppose as I've been, as I've been working on the book, I, started to identify, I guess, the themes of what I'm writing about, which um, I hadn't really thought about that much at the beginning, but it's starting to just come through naturally, I guess. So any conversation between the characters, you know, ideally has some sort of pick up on those themes or some sort of subtext in it. So, um, yeah, but I really enjoy it. I mean, it's sort of, you know, not to, it's not the same as the relationship between my son and I, but, um, you know, Rex is obviously older and sort of grizzled and rough around the edges like me and the boy is, you know, just so, uh, I guess, discovering so many things for the first time. So there's, there's like a fun dynamic there which I definitely see in my own life um, with the relationship I have with my son. And, um, you know, I like, yeah, my, as he gets older as well, um, you know, my boy's sort of, their sense of humour really is developing fast and it's sort of exciting to think that, I can write stuff that I find funny, but kids will also find it funny. Like they sort of just get the jokes, you know, and I think um, we can underestimate kids at times, but um, 
you know, going back to why I love Marvel Comics so much, I didn't feel like I was being underestimated. I felt like I was being respected. So uh, I'm really trying to do that, uh, particularly in the way the characters talk to each other. Yeah, there was so many times where I, like, actually like, laughed out loud. Oh, <laughs> like, great. That's good. <laughs> just me sitting in my room just laughing to myself. Um, <laughs> Because it was, it was, it, it is, it is so nice um, reading it, and then that it actually comes off the page, um, that dialogue and that humour, um, which is really fun and excellent for a comic. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you very much. It's really nice to hear that. Yeah. Um, another thing that I loved is the like the illustrations and the, and just the colours you use in the background are just I was caught myself just looking at them because they were just stunning. Are you mm. a, do you sketch on paper? Do you work digitally? What's your process with creating the illustrations? Yeah, sure. Well, um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess I can't really separate the illustrating from the writing in some ways. So I, I've, um, I have plotted everything. It's just in this giant Google doc. Uh, so, which is incredibly overwhelming, but, um, I guess what I do is I move through that doc and I highlight in a different colour the section I'm working on. And then I take that and I work out uh, how many pages is this section going to be across um, and then what are, the, you know, what are those page turn moments that I can hit. Uh, and so then I actually just start sketching it out and I include the, um, the, the, the letters and the dialogue and the narration, whatever, in those sketches so that I can sort of get a real sense immediately of is this working as a, as a page. So um, I did... Uh, I did think to bring, so I've got these little books, they're called thumb books, um, which I got on some other Kickstarter actually, and uh, I got like 10 of them, which is so good. And you can see, um, I don't know, like, let's find a good one. Okay, so here you go. So here's, um, that's a pretty simple page to look at, but you can see um, I'm sort of sketching out, you know, the design of the page and the panels. Um, there's a lot of action lines and you know, it's very sort of sketchy, but you can see um, that page there, translates fairly closely to a, a double page spread in the book. So I sort of scan this in and then I go into Photoshop and clean up all the lines, like really clean them up because they're pretty loose there. Um, and so I get a full version of the book in black and white. But, but I guess, yeah, sorry, what I'm trying to say is, um, what I'm trying to say is I've basically got a mini version of the book in, you know, seven of these. So I can read through the whole thing and I can get a feel before I even start drawing it for real. Is the pacing working? Is... Is it making sense? Is it exciting? And I could actually get other people to read this too if I want. Um, I didn't in this case because um, there were big gaps where I'm like, draw city here or like <laughs> come up with a funny joke here or whatever. But um, yeah, so I, I then do all the lines in Photoshop and then, um, but there's a lot of negative space left because I really want to use the colour in an impactful way. So um, the colour is used on many levels, I think, but firstly I use it to try and create a sense of, like place, like where is, where is this happening? Um, so in the first book, it was very sort of, um, you know, they were on Pluto in a, a tropical section of Pluto. The whole, the whole of Pluto is just ice and, you know, barren. So there were moments where you switch between this tropical environment and the ice environment. And so that contrast is really impactful, I think. Um, and then in the second book, you know, I wanted to also... Um, they're on a different planet, they're doing different things, they're above ground, they're underground, they're, you know, they're in caves, they're out on, you know. So I just wanted to really play with that colour to create space and then 
I guess on the second level, I'm sort of using colour to um, convey emotion. So um, is this a scary moment? Is it an exciting moment? Is it a, a moment you need to pay attention to? Because then I might just colour the whole thing a different colour. Um, yeah, so I, I guess trying to experiment a bit with colour, not, not just sort of colouring in, but actually using colour as a storytelling device uh, is really important to me. I think if I was ever at the point where I just felt like I was colouring in, um, then I probably need to reassess what I'm doing with that page. Oh, that's pretty cool. I love the, the small books because, yeah, it really would give you a, a sense of how the story is going to develop and then you can change things and, and work things out. Um, so they're really cool, the, the little ones, and, and I'd, maybe for you you can look at them and then see how far it has come and has developed over the time. Um, so you can look back and... They're great, the, the, the little books. Yeah, no, I feel, looking at them now, again, I feel really attached to them because I just think of all the, all the libraries and cafes and food courts I was sitting in when I was putting them together. <laughs> and, it, you know, just like so many days of months, years of work in these tiny little books, it's just bizarre. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it would be, yeah, it would be like, oh, okay. Um, so book two just came out, was it? This month? Last month? Yeah, yeah very much in April, yeah. Oh. Um, so what, uh, you are planning book three. Um, yep. How how f long do you think that you're, that this will go? Will the boy ever make it home for dinner? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, is, is, so planning book three, do you think it will go on for a while or what, what do you... How yeah. far do you think the series will develop? Yeah, I mean, I know where I want the story to end, and I, but I think I've sort of built this world now that, um, to be honest, from this point, it could go huge or it could just come to a stunning conclusion, you know. <laughs> so so um, I'm probably still bubbling on that a little bit, to be honest. Um, again, every, like, because, you know, it's the second book I've made. I guess it's sort of... Um, yeah, just until you actually have it in your hands, I guess, or until I had it in my hands, I just didn't really think about the, um, the realities of, you know, what I can now do with this. I mean, I've sort of created an IP, um, sorry, an intellectual property, um, a world, a bunch of characters, like, you know, and, and also it just took, it took ages to make this second book. It took like a little over two years, um, which is, you know, a lot of time, a lot of energy. I love doing it, but, you know, uh, there's a, reasonable amount of sacrifice, at least on my wife's behalf, you know, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, dialing back the paid income a bit and just trying to um, <clears throat> really put everything I had into this book. So um, now it's like, well, I guess we can sort of try and finish it and finish it really well. Um, but is that going to take another two years to make? Like it might. Um, or should I, should I think of other more interesting ways to do the format? I don't know. So I, I'm definitely planning, as you can see, I'm planning how it ends, but um, format-wise, I'm still just thinking about it. I mean, in reality, it probably will just be a third book. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think until now I've been trying a bunch of different things in the book. I've, maybe I'll try a few new things in, in the third one as well. Um, I think if there's any chance it's going to go, like, I think 250 pages is pretty long for a kid's book, um, even though it doesn't take that long to read, to be honest. It just feels maybe a little bit like this is a big commitment when you're holding it in your hand. Um, so I, d I wouldn't want to go longer than that. Um, 
Yeah, so if, if maybe there was a way to cut book three into two, maybe I would do that. I, I really don't know. But I, I just uh, I want to get to the ending because it's sort of the whole thing's been building up to a conclusion and that's kind of what I want to hit, you know, to fulfil the story. When it first came out in 2017, um, it, you know, it was nominated for Best Graphic Novel of the Year. Um, it's been included uh, in the PRC list. Were you surprised by how much um, it was, re- like, received? And Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know, it, like I said, it was basically, yeah, I actually have the, I, I have, this is the book I, I did um, book one in. So it's actually only one of these. And, um, you know, it takes like 20 minutes to read. Um, I was just, you know, kind of making it, for the, for the kids, to be honest, for my kids. And then, um, but yeah, as I said, I'd sort of, well, I've gone this far, I might as well see if anyone else wants to read it. And then it was like, okay, I'll run a Kickstarter. And then that went well. And then, you know, I published it and bookshops started stocking it and then libraries started stocking it. And then, um, yeah, <laughs> got, nomina- got nominated for that Aurealis Award, which um, I think that was a huge moment for me because it actually, you know, I'm self-published, right, which... Uh, there's still a bit of a stigma around self-publishing, even though, um, you know, to me, I've discovered it's actually quite a, uh, an exciting field. And, you know, it sort of taps a lot into the entrepreneurial side of, of being a creator. Um, but I think the Aurealis Award nomination gave my book a lot of credibility in publishing circles as well, um, which was helpful because then I got more opportunities out of that, including, um, I guess, yeah, going on the Premier's Reading Challenge. Um, which is really cool because in the, in the end it's kind of why I made it. So kids would read it and, you know, I loved comics when I was a kid. I wanted this to be a gateway comic for people. So, um, yeah, I was surprised at um, the response it got and, and continues to get, um, but I'm soaked. I'm <laughs> absolutely thrilled with it. Um, yeah, I, you know, um, I, th- I think it also uh, gave me access to other authors and other creators, which... Um, I just didn't know any of those people before this. So um, it's great to be able to talk about process and just the whole experience and, you know, trying to build a creative career, all of that stuff um, with other authors. I mean, self-publishing a comic book and graphic novel, did you find that harder or were people um, really accepting of it um, when you first started Uh, promoting it? Yeah, I think we, my wife and I started working out the tricks. So, you know, I, you know, this is, so this is obviously the book. It's, but, you know, the production values are pretty good. You know, we've got a great printer to do it for us. Um, you know, I've, I'm a designer by trade or whatever. So, you know, I know how to put a page together and make it look professional. Um, so I think, you know, you'd ring up bookstores or you'd ring up whatever, or you'd just talk about it with people and like, uh, 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 and then you actually show them the book and start flicking it through and, you know, immediately the conversation changed, you know. And then I think that's, that's the same thing that happened when I got that Aurealis nomination. Um, you know, I'd be talking to people, I'm like, oh, yeah, I self-publish a comic book. They're like, uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, I got nominated for it. And they're like, all right, let's talk, okay. And, you know, the walls come down. Um, so uh, I think what's funny about in Australia, you know, um, because I've, I've talked to quite a few publishers about um, this and just about publishing graphic novels in general, um, you know, good conversations about it. I think uh, they see it's a huge growing area, especially for, for middle grade or primary school. Um, 
but you know, it's a, it's a very different production model to what they're used to you know, if they're doing like chapter books or picture books or something, they've got, they've got that whole production um, process sorted from years and years of doing it. This is actually a reasonably new category in Australia. Um, and so I sometimes got the sense talking with publishers about, you know, this book and showing it to them that they were, they were a bit like, how would we make that? How do we do this? What do we do with that? You know, so, um, and I think in time it'll catch up and um, it'll be, you know, all over the place in Australia because in America it's really taken off. Um, and, you know, they're just, they're looking for really good projects to develop over there. But I think in Australia we're still just, just um, getting the hang of what even is a graphic novel. Um, so, I, yeah, I, the reason I'm enjoying self-publishing is that me, I'm not held up by any of that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I already know what I think a graphic novel is. I know um, what a good one for kids is, so I'm really trying to push that myself, you know, and sort of carve out a bit of a space. Um, and, you know, to be honest, self-publishing has taught uh, my wife and I so much. We didn't know anything about publishing. Um, and so every day we're learning new stuff and making new connections and, like, it's just so fulfilling when, um, you know, when a new wave of people discover the books and then, you know, you get new discussions about it. And um, So it is pretty exciting. I don't know if it's harder. I mean, it's just different. It's, it's kind of like running a small business um, where you're not just doing the creation, you're also doing the marketing and the promotion and the distribution. Yeah, I know um, in the library that I work at, uh, graphic novels over the last two years have become so popular. We have um, a lot of American um, authors in our library because they have embraced it so much that it, they are coming out quicker and it's the, the girls, they're just, every time there's a new delivery, the first thing that they want to know is that are there are there comic books in that box of new books and can we get them when is the earliest that we can get them um yep. and then they read them in two days and now they have to wait another six seven months for the next one and i'm like i can't make it you've got to re either read it slower or um, <laughs> but yeah we haven't we don't have a lot of australian uh we don't have a lot of like Australian comic book authors yet in our library because I I haven't found not I haven't found them but they just don't seem to be as out there as the American authors have been. Yeah, it's still it's still a really developing area in Australia, um, and so yeah, I think that's where self publishing to me means I don't have to wait for the industry to catch up. Um, but hopefully when it does catch up, I'll be ready to be involved. You know? Yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting time. Hopefully uh, it is embraced uh, quickly and it, like over the next year or two that it just sort of booms because they are such great uh, reads for kids and they're so accessible mm -hmm. for those reluctant readers but then also those advanced readers that can pick up different meanings um, in the books and, yeah, they're... They're great. I really strongly <laughs> want them yeah. in all all libraries because they're they're such a great resource to have um, for kids. Yeah, and you know, like um, visual literacy is a, is a skill as well. You know, and I think um, being able to even if you're just starting looking at the images and being able to work out what's going on, you know, um, that's that's a pretty impressive skill to develop when you're a kid. And it's, but I think it's something that you know, people making comics and graphic novels have to be thinking about, like, um, 
is it just a bunch of talking heads going back and forth, back and forth, or, you know, are you able to convey at least a sense of what's going on just through the, the artwork? And I, I think that's, again, where the colour comes in, you know. If that guy over there is looking a bit stressed out and the whole background's red, then maybe this is an important moment, you know. So, <laughs> so that's part of, like, maybe you don't know what all those words are if you're a kid, but you can say, okay, he's angry about something, so now I'm going to... I know those three words, so... You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of... It can be a bit of a, a detective journey to work out how to read. Oh, yes, I know myself over the Christmas break, I read the Watchmen, um, oh, yeah. the Watchmen comics, and it just took me so much time to read because there's just so much going on on the page not only the text but the the illustrations just are insane um but i would have to look at everything to know what was going on because there's so much detail that are in the illustrations that aren't depicted in the in the conversations that people are having with one another so yeah it's it was yeah yeah, it took me some time um, oh that's all right i was just saying watchman's amazing oh (laughs) yes it is about 15 times, I think. It's so good. And I actually just watched the HBO series, which um, was pretty good. I don't know if you've seen that. Well, uh, I haven't. So I started it and then I realised that it was set after the comic book. So then yeah. I had to go back and reread the comic books and then make... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it had been a while since I had read, like, first read the comic. So I was like, oh, there's a few details that I'm <laughs> missing here. Yeah. Um, but, then I <laughs> but then I caught back up, so it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so thank you so much. At the end of these talks, we sort of, um, ask for like three books that you've read recently, um, that you want to talk about, share? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty lucky, I think. Uh, so firstly, yeah, having finished Action Tank 2, I've sort of set aside a bit of time to just try and really read heaps of good stuff myself back in, um, back in that headspace. And, um, Amazingly, as that happened, one of my friends had just watched that um, Marie Kondo show <laughs> and started, like, uh, clearing out his extensive graphic novel bookshelf. Um, and so he ended up just giving me literally hundreds of really good graphic novels. So they're just all over the place and I'm just, you know, diving in and, like, all sorts of stuff. His tastes are a little different to mine as well, so I'm exposed to all this new stuff. Um, so it's been a really exciting time for me. Uh, also, my library, if I see something, a new graphic novel that I'm interested in reading, I can actually basically request it through the library. They'll order it and I'll be the, and then they'll just tell me it's ready and I go and get it and it's like I've got a brand new book to read. So, um, yeah, my li- the Warringah Library Network is really good um, with graphic novels. But anyway, okay, three that I've read um, recently. I, I read one called Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me, um, which is kind of a YA, like young adult, being set in a, a high school and it's about this girl who uh, keeps getting heartbroken by someone and just keeps going back for more. <laughs> um, so it's kind of, but man, I just the way it's put together is so good. So the story's awesome, and, um, but the artwork, so it's basically black and white with just a single spot colour, so just this, this pink. And so the way the pink is used um, to hit certain story moments or to draw your attention to one thing on the page or to you know, help create the feeling in the story. Um, it's just, it is so good. It's so good. I'd heard it was good and then I just didn't think it could be this good, but it was. So Laura Dean, he's breaking up with me. That's pretty good. Uh, second one would be uh, the new X-Men series. Um, I have it here, actually. Yeah. Uh, 
House of X and Powers of X um, by this guy called Jonathan Hickman, who I try not to go on too much about because I just love him so much and I've talked about him at length everywhere, but um, he's just amazing. <laughs> uh, he, I think just reading this, so this is basically rebooting the whole X-Men franchise, but when I say rebooting, that kind of is not really doing this story justice. This is like um, a massive vision for where the X-Men should be. And, um, you know, after years of X-Men sort of being in a similar place, he's just leapt it to over here. And um, I think just every page, every panel, like it just feels like he's in such control of the story um, and it's taking me somewhere really good, you know. So, yeah, love that. Uh, third one, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a guy called Chris Ware who's been around for a while, um, but he's got this very distinctive illustration style. You'd probably notice it if you saw it, but... He just put a book out called Rusty Brown, which is about like that thick. So it took me a while, um, but it's just unbelievable. I mean, it's sort of about such mundane subject matter most of the time, but the way he, I, don't, I couldn't believe I was interested. I, you know, it's such a long book about basically this kid who's getting bullied or like this girl who doesn't fit in or this teacher who's, you know, responding to really subtle racism, like, you know, I guess I actually make it sound pretty interesting there, but, um, you know, it's, it's these long, drawn-out scenes that are kind of really mundane, but the way he designs it and tells the story, like, it's just riveting. So um, Rusty Brown is a bit out there, but um, pretty awesome book. Okay, well, that's... Laura Dean keeps racking up with it. That was already on my list, but now I have more to add on, add on my list, so that's great. Yeah. Um, I also want a friend who can just give me a whole bunch of books, that'd be great. But Oh, man, it was like it's <laughs> the best moments of my life. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, I can imagine. I'm just, I'm like, oh, why my, my friends aren't that great? And, you know, they're not going to give me yes. things. That's yes. rude of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so anyway, thank you so much um, for joining us today. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, are you on the socials? Yes, I am. Uh, I love people getting in touch with me. Uh, so first thing you might want to look at is actiontankcomic.com. That's my website. Uh, well, it's the website for the book. Um, there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, there's some resources for teachers there as well now, um, but there's also heaps of backstory about how I made the books and, you know, I keep adding stuff to it all the time. Uh, Instagram I really like, so you can find me there at Mike Barry Was Here. And I'm on Twitter. Um, I've been on Twitter for years, but I sort of go in and out of it, but I'm sort of a bit in it at the moment. So, um, and that's Mike underscore Barry, if you want to find me on Twitter. Uh, I guess you can, yeah, there's an Action Tank comic page on Facebook too. I don't love it, but, you know, you might. <laughs> anyway, I'm out there. Um, so you can find me and please get in touch with me. I'd love to talk to you about comics or my comics or your comics or anything. Awesome. That, that is, that's great. Um, thank you again. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, and thank you to everyone. Uh, and take care.